Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm Davey Barrett, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan. And because of the snow day yesterday, there's no game to talk about. But uh, there's still plenty of MLB news, Indians news, things to talk about that I decided, you know what? I'm going to wake up and do an episode this morning. And there's a huge storyline from the game against the White Sox that we didn't even touch. Just to let you know, the uh, the side effects from the COVID vaccine are no joke, and yesterday was a really rough day, but I'm feeling better this morning, and I'm ready to talk baseball again, and I'm ready for a Yankee series to kick off tonight. I hope they've had enough time to get out there with uh, heaters and shovels and brooms and get the snow off the field, and hopefully we'll be able to watch some very cold, chilly baseball tonight. All right, so what was that storyline from the White Sox game that we didn't even touch on? We, we talked so much about Plesak and the pitching, and it was a very quick episode, that we never really talked about the offense. Because the offense did something that we've been waiting for them to do all season, which is start innings with runners on base. Now, the problem is they gave up eight runs of the White Sox. So uh, normally a five-run, seven-hit day is a pretty good day for the Cleveland Indians offense. And usually that's pretty good to win. You know, that's enough for the Indians to win. That's how this team is built. But we're going back to Tuesday's game, the last game the Indians played, and they started off with a runner on base in seven, the leadoff hitter on base in seven out of nine innings. Luplo walked in the first. Uh, Ahmed Rosario walked in the second. The home run by Luplo in the third. Uh, Ahmed Rosario reaches on a fielding error in the fourth. Uh, Jose Ramirez pops out to start the fifth, but then Famille Reyes singles. Uh, a pop-out by Josh Naylor in the sixth. Then Luplo walks to start the seventh. Josh Naylor walks to start the eighth. And Famille Reyes singles to start the ninth. So they were able to get the leadoff guy on base in seven out of nine innings. However, they were only able to score runs in four of those innings. And they left a ton of guys on base. Now, if you, there's two ways to look on left on base, right? There's the team total left on base, and then there's like individual left on base. And the individual left on base equals 33 runners left on base. Eddie Rosario alone is responsible for seven men left on base. Now, he did not have a good day. He was 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Uh, Jose Ramirez left six men on base. He was 0 for 4 with a walk. So, yeah, so it wasn't a fantastic day by the offense. The team total left on base was 13. They were 4 for 16 with runners in scoring position. So it was a very strange day for the offense. But... There was something good there. The fact that they were getting the leadoff man on base to start the inning, it kept a lot of pressure on the White Sox. It's what's not it what's it's what knocked Rodon out in five innings. He threw 110 pitches in five innings because the Indians were really making him work. And uh, to be honest, like we said, five runs is pretty good for the Indians offense. That's usually going to be enough to win. But Plesak is still finding it, and so the Indians lose eight to five. All right, so that was the big storyline from Tuesday that we didn't really talk about, and I wanted to make sure to bring up because we'll see going forward in this Yankee series how well the Indians are able to get the leadoff man on base and then make something happen out of it. 
All right, some other Indians news uh, that we didn't talk about was that Kai Tom, Kai Tom was designated for assignment with the Oakland A's. He was the Rule 5 pick that they took from the Indians, which means if he clears waivers, he would get offered back to the Indians before he could go to the minor leagues. And I saw people, you know, were debating this on Twitter. Was this good news? Is this bad news? I thought it was good news. This is someone who has always hit, always hit from college up through the minors and the upper level of the minors he's hit, and he hasn't gotten a chance. He's never been a highly regarded prospect on any lists, and he's never really gotten a chance yet at the major league level. So I thought this was potentially huge news for the Cleveland Indians. I thought, you know, adding him to the outfield mix, he could take on that role that uh, and Gamble had maybe. He could play all three outfield spots. This could have been... Uh, you know, a key piece to get back in that mix of potential young outfielders. Well, unfortunately, my hopes were dashed because the Pirates claimed him off waivers. Now, he still has the Rule 5 designation on him. So if the Pirates decide that they want to designate him for assignment, he would then have to clear waivers and then get offered back to the Indians before going to the minor leagues. So this happens. This ha- A guy could bounce around to multiple teams and never actually get offered back to the original team if people keep claiming him on waivers. So the Pirates obviously have nothing to lose this season. They have no reason not to try to bring in as much young talent as they can. So, yeah, so he is now a Pirate outfielder. So an opportunity lost there. It would have been nice for him to have been offered back to the Indians. But obviously, it's just another name to add to the mix with Mercado and, you know, uh, Zimmer and Johnson and all of those guys down there at the alternate site right now. Speaking of the alternate site, speaking of the alternate site, one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast this morning was because People have been keeping track of the stats at the alternate site. I was looking, I was scouring Columbus's website to see if there was anything there. There wasn't. Luckily, the uh, the Tribe Insider account on Twitter has been posting the box scores from the alternate games, whether it's against Cincinnati or Toledo or you know whoever whoever they're going against. Uh, at Tribe Insider has been posting the box scores now. Uh, I reached out to them and uh, they did not have a compiled list of the, you know, alternate stats of the April stats, but uh, some, a very ambitious person on Twitter, Steve, uh, at CLE Steve four actually took the time to compile all the stats from the tribe insiders box scores. So this is going a long way to try to report to you what is happening at the alternate site. But based on what Steve was able to put together, based on the Tribe Insiders box scores, which uh, didn't always weren't always complete, they didn't have everything you're looking for, um, but we were able to get some decent numbers here, and the person who is absolutely crushing it in uh, 22 at-bats in six, only six games, I'm surprised they didn't play more games, Uh, Some of your big names have played in nine games. I'm guessing they've played nine games total down there. Uh, Mercado, Nolan Jones, Daniel Johnson, Bobby Bradley, Harold Ramirez have all played in nine games in the alternate site. Owen Miller Miller has only played six games, only had 22 at-bats, but he is hitting 409 
a 435 on base, an 864 slugging, three home runs, leads the team in home runs. It's good for a 1.298 OPS. He is crushing it right now at the alternate site, and that should come as no surprise because he was crushing it in spring training. So, yeah, so if you want to know which one of the young prospects is really, really staying hot and is off to a good start so far, if this were a AAA season, right? If this were a typical AAA season and these were, you know, your Columbus Clipper stats, it would be Owen Miller. Owen Miller would be the guy you'd be like, let's get him up here in Cleveland. I mean, look, we know Cesar Hernandez is a pro. We know he can handle the bat. But can Owen Miller play first base? Possibly. Uh, if Yu Chang can make the switch, I think Owen Miller can. And I, I feel like he got some opportunities in spring training, right? I feel like some of those, uh, you know, seventh inning on defensive replacements, I feel like Owen Miller took a few reps at first base. Oscar Mercado is doing okay. He, he has a lot of extra base hits, which is kind of filling out his, uh, his stat sheet here. He's only hitting 242. But he does have three doubles, one triple, two home runs. He leads the team in RBIs with eight. Him and Bradley Zimmer are tied with eight. Uh, so it's 242 batting average overall, but he's got an 861 OPS because of his slugging. Now, his on-base percentage is only 286. So the thing holding up that OPS right now is the slugging, is the extra base hits. Bradley Zimmer, even though he's tied with eight RBIs, it is not going well for... Uh, for his batting average. He's only hitting 167. Uh, he has slugged a little bit. He has have two home runs. So his OPS is 744, but only a 167 average overall. Bobby Bradley also has two home runs, but only three RBIs in nine games. He's hitting 188 with a 618 OPS. So yeah, so uh, some of the names you're looking for, Daniel Johnson is hitting 182. Uh, he only has a 583 OPS. Ernie Clement is actually doing all right down there. Uh, in five games played, only 15 at-bats. He's 267 with a 979 OPS. Again, someone who's actually, he's got a single, a double, a triple, and a home run in five games played. So yeah, so there are some of your numbers from down there. Nolan Jones, Nolan Jones is only hitting 154. He's got a 636 OPS, does have a homer and two doubles, but only four hits in nine games in 26 at-bats. So, yeah, so it's not it's not great. It's not at going great down there. Ryan LaVarnaway, the, uh, the catcher, uh, is hitting 267 in five games. Uh, he, honestly, if Austin Hedges keeps hitting as bad as he's hitting, I know he's a good defensive catcher. But if you're, I mean, if it's like having the pitcher bat in the National League every time Austin Hedges comes up, eventually at some point the Indians have to cut bait, right? They can't have someone who's a complete zero on offense, no matter how good his defense is. So is Lavarnaway is a journeyman catcher, but is he someone that could come up? He hit, you know, for some power in spring training. Is he someone that could come up and maybe take the backup catcher role if Austin Hedges just can't get it done at all? Uh, so, yeah, so that is what is going on. Uh, so thank you to Steve. Thank you to at CLE Steve 4. We'll definitely stay in touch with him and see if he continues to compile those stats through the end of the month until the actual AAA season begins. 
And we'll see if any of these guys get called up. And are they called up because of reputation? Or are they called up because how they're actually performing at the alternate site? I thought today being, you know, technically an off day because of the snow day was a good time to talk about this, get into this, and uh, share some of these stats with you. Because I know I couldn't find them. If I didn't connect with Steve on Twitter, I would have never found these stats. And I would have been left wondering too. So, Now you know, now we know, now it's something we can keep an eye on here on the Cleveland Baseball Mornings. The last thing I wanted to get into is uh, just MLB news in general. Uh, It's pretty crazy what's going on to start the season. These standings are not what you thought they were going to be. I mean, did you think Boston, Kansas City, and Oakland would be leading the American League divisions? Oakland, who started 1-7 and and has ripped off 11 wins in a row to go to 12-7 and and lead the AL West. They started 1-7, and and they've won 11 in a row. That's insane. Um, obviously, Oakland was the team that had the win streak record before the Indians, or the, like the modern-day win streak, right? If you saw Moneyball, you know it was like the big moment of that season where they ripped off, I don't know how many in a row it was. Um, I'll have to go back and watch Moneyball again. Uh, or, you know, just Google it. But... Yeah, Oakland's up to 11 wins now in a row, and yesterday was in incredibly exciting fashion. They beat the Twins in extra innings in just a, I don't know, what else could you call it, a slobber knocker of a game. It was 13-12 to was the final from Oakland in the 10th inning. Uh, after beating each other up all game, Oakland scores one run in the bottom of the ninth to send it into extra innings. Minnesota scores two runs in the top of the 10th. So they're up 12 to 10. They got to feel really good about winning that game in extra innings. Oakland rattles off three runs in the bottom of the 10th. And the last run comes around a score because Arise uh, moved from second to third base and he gets a normal ground ball and just throws it past the first baseman and, you know, down the right field line. And it allows the winning run to come in and score. So on an error, the Athletics keep their win streak going. So that was some big news yesterday. Um, What else went on in baseball yesterday? Uh, Corey Kluber, of course, of course, the Yankees are about to start a four-game set with the Indians, and Corey Kluber pitches the day before. Now, it just would have been fun. It would have been fun to see Corey Kluber back on the mound in progressive field, and it's not going to happen now because he pitched the day before. What are the odds that that's the way that would line up? And it was... Man, it's not going great for Kluber in New York right now. He takes the loss in the game against the Braves yesterday, and it's a game where neither team was really hitting. Five hits for the Yankees, only four hits for the Braves. Uh, Kluber in four and two-thirds gives up two hits, two earned runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. Now, when Kluber's walking, guys, you know something's wrong. And he has not made it out of the fifth inning yet to start the season. His game logs so far this season, he's gone four innings, two and a third, four innings, and now four and two thirds. So Kluber has yet to make it out of the fifth inning. Uh, and he's got off, he's sporting a 540 ERA right now, 0 and 2 record. So it is not going great for Corey Kluber in New York. I think as much as it hurt to trade Corey Kluber, I think we can all agree that that trade was made at the right time. We may not have gotten back exactly what we thought we should have got back for a two-tie Cy Young winner, 
But Emmanuel Classe is the real deal out of the bullpen. And Kluber's best days just might be behind him. I mean, he was very good for a very long time. And there's absolutely no shame uh, in saying my best days are behind me and riding off into the sunset. So we will not get to see Corey Kluber when the Yankees come to town, which just, just seems like a shame. Just a shame. Uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of what's going on around Major League Baseball. Those were the things that I thought would be important to Indians fans to hear about. Uh, the Mets are in first place, and Francisco Lindor finally hit his first home run yesterday, a first-inning home run, which we've seen him do countless times in an Indians uniform. I feel like we have to keep track of Lindor all season and see what he's doing. So, yeah, that is, uh, that's what's going on around Major League Baseball. So, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. We got a four-game stand going against the Yankees, and the game you're going to want to really pay attention to, and I know you're all diehard baseball fans out there on the Cleveland baseball mornings, so I know you're going to be checking out the whole series, but the game that's going to be really fun is going to be Saturday. Bieber against Garrett Cole, two of the best pitchers in baseball, facing off against each other. I mean, is it the first one to one run wins that game? It's going to be tight. So, uh, although, you know what, with baseball, sometimes you get the absolute opposite of what you expect. So, who knows what could happen in that game. Uh, We've got Herman against Savali tonight and see if Savali can continue his hot start. He's 3-0 with a 2.18 ERA. And then you've got Montgomery against Logan Allen on Friday night. I'm actually going to be going to that game. I'm going to be going to my first game of the season and checking that one out. So hopefully the temperature warms up before Friday night. And then uh, on Sunday, you've got, let's see if they've announced the starters. McKenzie going for the Indians. They have not announced the starter yet for the Yankees. So we'll see who's in that final matchup. So yeah, it's going to be fun. If for some reason, it's just always fun when the Yankees come to town, right? It's always a battle. Let's see if we can get a little revenge for that first round of the playoffs last year. It's the first time we're seeing the Yankees since that, uh, you know, that playoff series last year when they absolutely destroyed us, uh, when Josh Naylor discovered his power. So we'll see if Naylor can bring it again in this series, if he can be a Yankee killer. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a fun four-game set. So Stay tuned for that. We'll be back to talk about all of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.